don't like sand. Molly, molly, molly. Time to face. Now that's what I call music. We had it Begun the Clone War Mass. The fate of the world will soon be decided. The dominion of evil grows even stronger. There is a union now between the two towers. Barador, fortress of the Dark Lord Sauron, and Orthanc, stronghold of the wizard Saruman. The peril of the Ringbearer deepens. An unseen danger draws closer. For there is another who hunts the ring. You must lead the people to Helm's Deep. By order of the king, the city must empty. Where is she? The woman who gave you that jewel. The alliance between men and elves is over. Our time here is ending. Arwen's time is ending. Let her go. Where is it? Leave it. You know the way to Mordor. There will be no dawn for men. It's the ring. Bruno! It's taking hold of you. You have the gift of foresight. Tell me what you have seen. He is not coming back. The defenses have to hold. They will hold. There is nothing for you here. Only death. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast, which is, um, if you're here, this is actually part two of our own little trilogy here. Um, we're, 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 we're now like halfway through this uh, Lord of the Rings experiment Nick's brought us into. Um, and so we welcome you. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're still here after the weird tragedy that was Fellowship where Tanner tried to cast a Oscar bait movie and I tried to cast an 80s movie. So let's see. It how would this be goes. a brilliant movie, and you're you've messed it up. You messed it up. All right. Um, I enjoyed the cast so far. So that's because you're easy to please, Nick. <laughs> and so false, very false. <laughs> um. So, uh, but before um we dive into Two Towers, um, in 1985, um. We need to. I need to do some house cleaning, which is uh, first of all, follow us on social media, right? Um, so um, we're available mm-hmm. on most of the big social media platforms, and Nick really works really hard to make those look pretty and entertain you people. Um, I think Instagram's yes. where mo- all of us are active. I know it's like the only social media I have, and so. Um, but so it, if you really want to get in touch with us instagram that's that's where we all hang out we're on twitter too but it's mostly me and jesse so (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, you want to go into the bowels of Twitter and mess with Nick and Jesse, that's fine. And then we force Nick to hang out on Facebook if you have if, you, if that's your thing. So barf. Um, but you're only going to get Nick at Facebook, I think. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, yeah. So and then uh, if you're listening to us, and chances are um, you're doing it on Apple, uh, you should um, give us a five star review because um, that helps uh, other people find us. Um, that puts us up the, the the algorithm charts and things like that. I don't know. There's math, social media math, um, podcast math. But if you rate and review us, other people find us. But if this is the first time you've uh, ever hopped onto this, which is this is a bad idea. If you're just now listening to us, at least go back one episode and listen to the first installment. This is your first one. Then you're kind of a psychopath yes. for starting the middle of a trilogy. Like that's... That's odd. Mm-hmm, I did that mm-hmm. with the Harry Potter movies. I started with number four it? and watched them to the end and then went back Jesus. and watched the first three. Yeah. I was really confused. I mean, I mean, eh, it's fine. It's Shut fine. up, Nick. You wouldn't know. What is that? Like five years after the fourth one, they're still going. I was bugging theaters of people like leaning over and asking my girlfriend at the time, who's this person? They're like, Oh, they were in the first one. It's like, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> Great. Didn't watch it. <laughs> haven't seen it. So. I started dating you around psychopath. Goblet of Fire. So, um, <laughs> That's when I had to start so, giving a crap about these movies. Oh my God. And so, uh, yeah. So if you're doing that, at least go back and, and see, where, see what happened with Fellowship. But I'll give you a premise of what we do here anyways, which is we take a film and we take it right out of its release year. In this case, Two Towers. We're taking that bad boy out of 2002. Um, and we're taking it back to 1985 because we are casting this entire trilogy across 84, 85, and 86. That's so here right. we are, right smack dab in the middle. 85, good year. Um, I was born. So, um, and we're going to recast it with uh, a cast relevant to 1985. Um, and uh, it'll get fun. It'll be, you know, there's some rules, there's some power ups, um, and uh, we'll get in that towards the bottom when we get ready to cast it but first guys before we do anything else what have you been watching this week tanner i'm looking at you so you go well first. literally today i watched um on hbo max uh sponsor us please uh voyagers is that the one that has like johnny depp's daughter in it uh oh my god i didn't even recognize that that was her oh yes okay. it's like ty sheridan and uh finn whitehead but it's essentially it's Lord of the Flies in space. It's essentially nice. like the idea behind it. They um, raise children like in a lab to send them off to a new planet because their world is dying, and so the kids don't know Earth and just procreate for the next generation that's actually going to survive on the new planet. And then it becomes like this: who leads who, Lord of the Flies situation. It's actually like really fun and very intense like the finn whitehead who's i guess one of the leads in dunkirk that i never watched is incredible so it's just the teenagers are sent to space to have sex no they're they're sent to space because they're all and make babies they that is not their intent like that is not they're not sent to space to breed but like they're all grown in a lab like they're all geniuses that they've created And so they're engineers and scientists that they put into space. And then eventually throughout time, they are supposed to have children. So they are going to space designed to fuck. They are not designed to fuck. They are designed to survive. It's just porn with extra steps, Tanner. It's just, that's what it is. 
just because they are teenagers I mean, come on that's what whoever if someone thought that wasn't going to happen they made a horrible what do you mean mistake. the teenagers are having sex well i'll tell you <laughs> did what. they send an adult like a chaperone <laughs> is there a chaperone on this <laughs> there on is spaceship? there is it's colin farrell colin farrell is sent- oh okay oh, come on okay all right <laughs> Like he's gonna care. Oh yeah, Colin Farrell's <laughs> handing out condoms. <laughs> you need more? I got more for you. Let me go get some more for you. Real okay. Bit. All right. Okay. Fun. All right. Okay. We spent way too long on Voyager. Nick, so quickly tell me what you watched this week. So I finally watched a classic Pan's Labyrinth this weekend. Oh my god! For the first uh, time, congratulations! Yeah, for the Nick. first time. I know, right? Really good. Really great. Now the Pale Man, mm-hmm. much more terrifying in in mo- in motion. Than just photos, yeah. Uh, and then the it's it's a very bittersweet movie, uh, very tragic, but it was really good. Yeah, the, it's one of those I think the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it. So it got a twenty-two minute standing ovation at Cannes. Well, why? Why are you? Why are you? Who? I was going to ask for Nick twenty-two minutes, like and just claps. That's my question. I don't understand. So you're saying you people. didn't in your living room when it was over? I did not. You didn't stand up and clap. I I turned off the TV, no. gave it like. Four and a half stars on Letterbox, and then went to bed. So, wow, did not impress. That's like the equivalent of a three second standing ovation. Okay, all right, Jesse, what have you been watching? Uh, so I have been watching um, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans. It's a what a title. Yeah, well, yeah. There's like thirty Gundam shows, so. It really has to have a long title. That's fair. But so it's called Iron Blooded Orphans. Um, oh. It's really good. It's on Netflix. I did not. You made that up. <laughs> I did not. You can look on Netflix. It's there. Um, it's from 2016. So it's pretty recent as far as um, Mobile Suit Gundam goes. Excuse me. Um, cool. It is about. It's about. Um, okay. Cool. These kids on. I believe it's Mars. Um, probably not. But I believe so. They're basically taken as children because they are literally orphans and they become what is known as human debris. So literally human trash um, and are sold basically into slavery uh, to help a like military contract uh, thing and mining operation. And uh, and then they find a mobile suit Gundam and kind of wreak some havoc and get some good shit going for them. It's really good. Cool, cool. Corey, what did you watch? I I think I, I rewatched Dirty Work because Norm MacDonald died, and it's still great. And then and that was like the only movie he really led. Um, and then I kind of been just TV. I've been I sorry I restarted Succession because I tried to get into mm-hmm. it a while back. But now people are talking about it again. So I was like, all right, I'll treat more. It's about a bunch of rich people as a family who struggle to love each other. And it hit too close to home. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Yeah, um, I've heard about this show. And, so, and people told me it's really so it's good. Like, all right. So I, I really liked. Um, yeah. So I, I started rewatching it. All right. So that's what we've been watching. So we need to dive in to Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Um, Nick, you got useless critic stats for this. So, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, released in 2002? 
Nice. It has a IMDb rating of 8.7, a Metacritic score of 87, and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 95 wow. for both critics and audience members. Oh, across the board. Across the board. What a, what a now, now, if you're going to ask me what our dear, dearly beloved Roger Ebert has to say about this, mm-hmm. he gave it a whopping... Three stars, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, okay. Did he? Did he He's, just like redo he, his? Basically, it was a cut and paste of last year. Yeah. He basically said it. It, it more reinforced his idea that it was no longer about the hobbits because he basically said Peter Jackson has tilted the balance decisively against the hobbits <laughs> and in favor of the traditional action heroes of the Tolkien trilogy. <laughs> Incredible! <laughs> oh my gosh! He's, he, now he now he admits that shifting shifting the focus to Aragon over the Hobbits does not damage the movie, but it's not faithful to the spirit of Tolkien and misplaces much of the charm and whimsy of the books. What a, but it stands on its own as a visionary thriller. What a fucking hipster! I no, I just like he highlights Gollum and Treebeard's CGI, but. Yeah, he's 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 butt hurt right now. He's just basically if Tolkien had wanted to write about a race of supermen, he would have written a Middle Earth version of Conan the Barbarian. But no, he told a tale in which modest little hobbits were the heroes. And now Jackson has steered the story to action mainstream. To do what he's done in this film must have been awesomely difficult and he deserves great applause. But to remain true to Tolkien would have been more difficult and brave. Is that a real quote? It's it's the it's the ending quote <laughs> of the of the review. Wow. Oh. That was me performing Roger Ebert. So thank you. Thank you. Snap. I please. love diving deeper into how much his insecurities come into his reviews. <laughs> like, <laughs> just a little bit more with each review. We're like, man, he had some self esteem issues. Love it. Um, and then, um, okay, so normally we would ask why the director chose the film, but we kind of went into that in the uh, previous episode because Nick, Nick really pushed for this, doing the trilogy, you know? I and did. So, mm-hmm. Big, big things, guys. We got to think big, big, big. And, and here we are, um, halfway through, Lots committing. Um, we didn't quit halfway <laughs> through, um, despite... Uh, that's good. That's what good. I would call a rough start, what Tanner would call a train wreck, and what Nick calls apparently really good. So we're going to see what happens. And so... Um, Promising start. We will see what happens and now. And then, mm-hmm. um, I already know the answer to this, because we had a good question before recording, but Jesse, I have to ask just in front of the listeners, have you seen Two Towers? Yes. Yes, I have. I saw it in theaters on my first date. Um, Your first date ever? My first date ever. How old are I you at this point? Too young to be on a date. Okay. Um, we were what's 10. too young to be on a date? We were 10. Oh. Yeah, was, I, we were 10. Um, I mean, it's a cutesy kind of date thing, you know? I mean, it's just... Yeah, no, it was fun. I love. definitely remember the movie more than the date. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, so we're, what, or what are we? Are we three for three on got, you guys going to watch a movie and then just not paying attention to it because it was a, a, you made the mistake of going to a good yes, movie? I did that. Yeah, because yeah. Corey went to National Treasure thinking it was going to be a bomb, and yes, and then loved it. Loved it. Ignored the girl. You, so you went to Two Towers, but you you probably knew it was. No, I knew it was going to be good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I also didn't like. I was ten. <laughs> right. Right. So. so. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't a cool 10-year-old that was going to try and make out with a girl. So. so there's no expectations when you're 10 of, like, making out. No, that was nowhere in my mind. Yeah. Didn't so. even know. Didn't understand. Nerd. Okay, so, Jesse, you've seen this film, and then, therefore, um, we do have questions about the two towers. Um, first of all, I'll bring up... A few. Like, Nick, I'm assuming this is you. Blue-eyed legal. Legolas or brown-eyed Legolas? This is a real debate on the internet, guys. We have to know everyone's takes. I, well, okay. Now, I guess I'm confused because I don't recognize a brown, brown-eyed brown Legolas. When does that so, happen? So in the movies, he's supposed to be wearing these contacts that mm-hmm. are blue eyes, but sometimes he wouldn't have them. So sometimes they would digitally put in the blue eyes, oh, and sometimes okay. they just forget. Sure. <laughs> so... Because of that, there are fans of blue-eyed Legolas, and there are fans of brown-eyed Legolas. I gotta look up. I'm a looking photo at of both. Legolas. It's definitely it? blue-eyed Legolas. It's more elfish. That's fair. Yes, fair. A little unnatural, just because he's traditionally or naturally blue-eyed or brown-eyed. Excuse me. Oh, but looks way more elvish. The brown eyes do not work. Yeah, brown eye just looks well, like a... We'll find out when we get all the hate just mail. Just looks like a blonde uh, Will Turner. I'm going to get messages in the middle of this being released and being like angry at you guys for so, saying... really? Like, this yeah, is hold a, on. How this many people are on this brown eye train? This might, this might be heated. I'm anticipating some heat here. From like females? And males. Okay. Who's, who's heading this charge? Who's dying on this hill the with brown eyes? They they charge all kinds of things. I mean, that is true. Yeah, brown looks dumb. Okay, all right. Um, does the old man who shoots first at Helm's Deep get reprimanded or a commendation? So, if you haven't seen the movie, they're prepped for battle, and some old man can't hold his arrow, and he just shoots it straight into an orc's like chest, and pretty much starts the battle. And right. and let's just. Let's just say it right out. Incredible shot. Like just straight out murders this thing, this orc. And one shot, one kill, dead to rights. Yeah. This dude's also like 80. So so like, do we think though that there was a chance for them to talk it out before the shot was fired? Absolutely Listen, not. guys, can't we work this out? Can't you? We, we'll keep Helms deep. You guys take the rest of Middle Earth. Just tell Saruman that... <laughs> That we're good, and we're good. We get this and drainage ditch. You get everything else. <laughs> it's we don't have the ring. Cool. Oh man! <laughs> I was gonna say because yeah, there's like because he can't hold his arrow and he fires, and then like ever like Aragorn is saying like, "Hold your fire, wait." And mm-hmm. then his face is so funny to me because it's just like, oh. Oh shit! <laughs> like like he did. A, a A he fired it early. B right. he hit his target. Right. It's like act like you've been there before, guy. Yeah. All right? Yeah. He's so like Game shocked face. and like excited in a way of like, oh, I did it. I've done it. I've done my job. The did he violate any rules of war? Do we know if like there's a Middle Earth rules of war that someone has to say go? Yeah. Is he gonna get taken to the? Wait, 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 wait. The bell didn't ring. Hold on. The Geneva Convention of Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. Like, Clearly, like, it states <laughs> there is a dance off beforehand. And a, a, a exchange of jerseys. There's definitely a scene missing where, like, Aragorn or somebody's just saying, "Whatever you do, do not fire at all. Maybe they'll just go away. For the love of God, don't fire." <laughs> and then, 
Don't stand very still. They can't see us. <laughs> the most important move in battle is the second move. Um, Do not make the first move. So where, one of you asked, where's our Gimli Legolas buddy cop spinoff? <laughs> I, it happens after Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I think there's something there. Because they hang out. They have adventures. I would, I would happily take that over the three, the trilogy of Hobbit movies. You know what I mean? Like, I would happily watch, like, a Gimli I would Legolas. Take, I'll take one Hobbit movie like it should have been, uh-huh. and then two Legolas Gimli buddy cop movies. I'd be so down. So after Lord of the Rings, Gimli basically gets... Uh, he becomes like king under the mountain, Moria. doesn't yeah, yeah, he becomes, he becomes, he, he takes lead over Moria, I believe. Yeah. That place with the giant dragon monster? Yes. Yeah. Like he, he goes and he takes, and takes it back, basically. Well. The Balrog is what yeah, I'm referring to. Oh, I was like, that's a horrible place to take over. Well, he's, the Balrog's okay. dead. Yeah, thanks to Gandalf, the mines are cleared of orcs and Balrogs. But they actually both get to go to the Undying Lands, so Gimli gets to go to the Undying Lands with Legolas. That's so cute. Okay, so I will. I don't care about the Hobbit movies, period. But I'll, okay, let's do one Hobbit movie, one buddy cop movie with Legolas Gimli, and then one Hangover style uh, movie with uh, the Hobbits. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's it's Samwise's so, like uh, bachelor party. Yes, that Frodo comes incredible. back just for the for the weekend. <laughs> And then let's just, they lose Frodo. Let's just take Frodo out of this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's just okay. there for so the it's, beginning it's re- and end. Okay. And I would, so I would love three. as well, if they, if they woke up and there's a box in the middle of the table with a golden ring in it. And they're like, oh no. <laughs> What's happened? Whose ring is this? Nobody touch it. Nobody touch it's it. It's just Sam Wise's ring. <laughs> yeah. Do we get a, a cameo from Tom Bombadil in this movie? Yeah, he's the one who drugged all their food. I think that you get cameos from everybody in this movie. Is this the Star Wars a Christmas special? Yeah. I just, the movie has the end, though, where they literally track them all the way back to that stupid volcano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sam's like, here, are you serious? <laughs> all right, someone pitch it to New Line. I, okay, I'll make it happen. Um... My question is, you really do need legs, um, or at least it's a preference. So that's a stupid question when, you know, the one orc is hungry and says, what about their legs? They don't need those. I'm like, that's, that's like, that's a really bold assumption. Like, they need those legs. Well, I mean, you're tor- if, you, if you're just torturing them, they basically are carried by the Urukai for a while. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I mean, I guess, but still, it's just like that's a that's a bold thing to say. He's hungry, Corey. It really should have cut to another orc in a wheelchair, and s- that just hey, <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> like that's just really insensitive. I don't know. I will say, and this isn't really a question, and we'll end here. But like, this is a, I know that the eagle thing we touched on in the first movie, mm-hmm. right, um, right. And then it's when they pick him up at the third movie, people kind of shook their head. But this is actually, I remember being in the theater, and this is where Gandalf whispers into a moth head, like a moth, and an eagle comes. And I, I remember that being my first time where I went, well, dude, where's these eagles? Like, this would be beneficial. That's actually in Fellowship. So this is really, I think, oh, is it in Fellowship? Yeah. I thought it was at the top of this tower. The one He goes he goes to team up with Saruman. Saruman's heel turns, captures Gandalf. Gandalf gets saved by the the eagles. 
And then he, right. that's how he yeah. gets the Rivendell. You're right. All right. So that's questions about Two Towers. Tanner, you got any um, junk drawer trivia about Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers? I do have junk drawer trivia about it. Junk drawer trivia. So I'm going to do one thing that I found really interesting. It's not specifically about Two Towers, but it is about overall Lord of the Rings. Did you guys know this? This was a random thing that I just happened to stumble across. Did you know that the Beatles were trying to do the Lord of the Rings in the 60s? I did. It's a wild idea. I did not. I had not heard this at all. It's just fascinating to me because like for those who don't know, which apparently was just me out of this fucking group (laughs) and no one has talked about it. And so that's insane to me that this is the first time we're fucking discussing it. Um, The Beatles, um, you know, back in the 60s, they had like a three movie deal. Yeah. um, Which is where we got uh, Hard Day's Night and Help. Mm -hmm. Um, Their third movie, they wanted to do Lord of the Rings because they were all like big Lord of the Rings fans. And so they wanted to do Lord of the Rings and have Stanley Kubrick direct it. Oh, gosh. Like, that was the idea. So, would they play the Hobbits? Yeah. So, um, let's see. They they, they all had themselves? different roles. Okay. Paul McCartney was supposed to be Frodo. Okay. Ringo was supposed to be Sam. Okay. And George Harrison would be Gandalf. <laughs> and John Lennon <laughs> would be Gollum. Yeah, see, I would just have them as the Hobbits. I would just... There's four of them. So you make them right. the four hobbits. Like, make it the hobbits. Yeah. But so like that was their idea. And they went to they went to Stanley Kubrick, who was uh, ultimately turned it down and was like, I'm going to do 2001 A shocker. Space Odyssey. Yeah. Big shocker. there. And they also went to when they went to Tolkien and asked him, they were like, please sell us this, the rights to this. We want to do a movie. No negotiations. Just absolutely no conversation he was like absolutely not that is ridiculous i will not be doing can this. you imagine a beatles lord of the rings where they play the hobbits and it's just beatles music through the whole thing oh yeah because that was the other thing it was supposed to have like an original beatles score like and album that's wild like, insane i would just put the greatest hits of the beatles in it and just help I need somebody. Help. That would be fun. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it, Lennon is Frodo, obviously. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, Sam Wise, George yeah. Harrison would be Pippin, and then Ringo would be that one that nobody likes because that's Mary? Ringo. I would Mary. flip the two. I would flip those. Yeah, two. Mary. No, no. I would say Ringo is Pippin, and then what? and then G- George is is Mary. No. Oh God, no. Ugh. George is Ugh. often the one that he's he's like he's not he's the per, he's the he's the personality that's often overlooked by everyone else. So he would be the one that's ready to go to battle and stuff. Mm. Yeah, either way. But when they were asked if Ringo's the best drummer in the world, Lennon had to say he's not even the best drummer in our band. Pippin, like that dude Pippin, was totally oh, Pippin is perfect. Has complete Ringo energy. There. Pippin has total <laughs> Ringo energy. He's always messing stuff up. Whatever. He's always uh-huh. causing problems. Fine. Fine. Okay. I just found it interesting that we almost had that. Hmm. The other thing I'm going to do is this this new bit that I'm just pulling out for this. Um, and I don't know what I'm titling it yet. Um, I'm going to currently call it, Did I Do That? 
Um, and it's essentially what's going to happen is I'm going to give you guys trivia. You guys have to answer the question that I give you. Uh, and they're all going to be about essentially... Um, the Two Towers? It's going to be over a couple of films, but it's essentially all of the um, accidents and the accidents that happened on set and the injuries that were accrued on set. Got it. So, for instance, I'll do the most famous one because everyone knows it. It's like, uh, which actor broke his toes when he kicked a helmet? I don't know, Tanner, who did? Vigo Morrison. No, no, Nick, that is not the fucking... No, Nick, that is not the game. The game is you telling me. The was game, it, was Nick, it is Morrison? you answering. I gave you the easy one, Nick. <laughs> God damn it. It was too um, easy, Tanner. You mi- God, okay. okay and now I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready now. It's very easy, and now I'm worried that I've, Nick's misunderstood I've got it. the shenanigans out of the way. Let's go. Okay, uh, some of these are injuries, and some of these are just like... Mm. um just a little rough for some people, not full injuries. Okay. Uh, who was forced to shave off their eyebrows consistently for three years? It was uh, 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 Worm Tongue. That is correct. It's Brad Dorf. Um, Sorry, no, it's first come, no first idea. serve. First come, first oh, serve. Oh, okay, okay. So I didn't know if oh. we were both giving yeah. answers. All right. I thought we just both got a, <clears throat> got a chance here. Okay, yeah. whatever. Well, if you, you can both guess if, you get the correct answer. I'll immediately say it. If the, the the sad part about that is that he shaved his eyebrows and then and he had to keep coming back to film. So he would film for like a few days, come home, and then just have no eyebrows. <laughs> right, and then like months go by, and they're like, "Hey, you actually need to come back to New Zealand." So go ahead and shave those fucking eyebrows off. <laughs> uh, okay. So it's it was like, Brad Dorf. Oh my God, you're making Legolas's eyes blue with computers. Can you not make my eyebrows go away with computers? <laughs> this is, is this a joke? Please. <laughs> I have to go home to my wife and kids. Just three years of like one Peter Jackson's fucking joke. Holding his hand over the receiver on the phone, trying not to laugh. It's like he's going to do it again. <laughs> okay. So, who cut off the tip of his finger? and proceeded to run to Peter Jackson and seek help by saying, Boss, I had an accident. Frodo. I'm g- that sounds like a... That sounds like a... Uh, that sounds like a Sam thing. You're both wrong. It's uh, John Reese davies Oh, Gimli. Gimli himself. Apparently, he, he lost the tip of his finger when he was, like, a kid on, a, like, a pig farm. Yeah. He, like cut it off and so he's had this prosthetic tip to his finger and so he just like lobbed it off one day on set and filled it with fake blood and as a practical joke like ran to Peter Jackson like boss I had an accident help that's hilarious (laughs) that's messed up okay who broke two ribs when he fell off a horse and then proceeded to keep filming with said broken ribs do you know Corey that sounds like uh, that sounds like Ian McKellen being a badass I'm going to go with Orlando Bloom, Legolas. Ding, ding, ding. Nick's got it. In the, in the um, scene with the warg, the warg fight, he yeah. fell off. And the, I guess, actor, the stunt double who's playing Gimli, like, fell on him. And when he fell on him, it cracked two of his ribs. And so then there's, like, a whole scene, like, those big aerial shots where they're all running. Mm-hmm. It's 
Vigo Mortensen with two broken toes and uh, Orlando Bloom with two broken ribs and then John Reese davies stunt double who also had an injury at the time. That's hilarious. They're all just like running. That's also why there's like that crazy CGI shot of Legolas hopping on a horse because even though he kept filming, like he could barely do anything. So like, so they had Correct. to, he had to call uh, the, the CGI company that he's founded for this uh Thing that I, whose name escapes me right now. It's like W E T A or something. Uh, Weta, like that. yeah. And yeah. he called them and said, "Hey, I need, I need this done." And they were like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> and um, they figured it out. So. This bit is flawed because Nick has seen all of the eighteen thousand hours of special features. Yeah, you like, might as well just ask nerd. Corey this. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm. That's what I'm recognizing is Nick's too much of a fucking nerd. Wow. Okay. Listen, you have um, Highlander, and I just have more popular things. So that's fair. Um, okay, so Corey, you'll get first dibs on answers. Sure. Yes. Okay. Who had to be carried away by the actors at one point due to a quote intolerable pain that turned out to be a very tiny splinter in his foot? Um, that would be um, that would be Carl Urban. <laughs> Rude. The man who never Rude. got off a horse in the Rude. movie. <laughs> I actually don't know this one. Uh, I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna you guess can Gandalf. Get a on a horse. I'm gonna guess Gandalf on this one. Uh, Corey, I'm actually surprised you didn't uh, go for your most hated character because it was Dominic Monaghan, Mary himself. Uh. He does ride a tree like the whole movie. <laughs> it makes sense that he would get the splinter. So, um, let's go to. Who, ev- who was evacuated by helicopter after severely piercing his foot with a shard of glass? Sam. Oh, um, uh, that would be Liv Tyler. I'm, Sam. I'm guessing Sam. Nick is correct. It was Sean Austin in the uh, where he's running out to catch Frodo's boat when Frodo's trying oh, to yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. trying to leave everyone. Mm-hmm. He's like wading into the water. And he's stopped, like just stone cold stops at some point because he's just <clears throat> stepped on this like huge piece of glass and ouch. they have to like helicopter Big him ouch. out. Okay. And I'll do the last one because I think it's funny. Who nearly drowned because they insisted on not using a stunt double and uh, directing their own scene and didn't test the buoyancy of their outfit and sword? I'm going to go with Gimli. Oh, that sounds like an Elijah Wood mood all day. <laughs> uh, you're both wrong. This is Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> he he for his like death scene where he's floating down the river. Oh, he yeah, yeah. said that he wanted to direct it himself and refused a stunt double, and then almost died because he jumped un- in. Didn't he get like an undertow or something? Well, he. An undertow, like, in this river, sure, but, like, it was mainly because he kept all of this, like, really heavy metal mm. and, like, clothing on. So when yeah. it got wet, he just, like, fell to the bottom. Oh, and then he was, like, under for a long time. And then, because he was still moving, he eventually found a rock mm-hmm. and, like, climbed out of the water, oh, essentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and that, uh, we'll, we'll use that as the end of our Did I Do That? All right, Tanner, I praise you on coming up with a new bit and keeping us fresh, um, even though I did really bad because um, I'm not a total yeah, it's not your nerd fault. like Nick. Um, and so, 
we're gonna we're gonna hop in the time machine and we're gonna go back in time to 1985 the year of my birth 1985 when you grow up your heart dies we live joy day by day hey look kids we're sending you back to the future you have arrived oh yeah Let's go back in time, 1985. So let's start with the box office of 1985. The top 10 movies released in 1985, starting at number 10, Spies Like Us. Number nine, The Goonies. Number eight, Witness. Number seven, The Jewel of the Nile. That's the sequel. Six, Cocoon. Oh. Uh, five, Out of Africa. Four, The Color Purple. Three, Rocky Four. Oh. Number two, Rambo First Blood. Oh. Part two, the worst title in all, <laughs> all of Hollywood t- history. No, no, and no. We'll <laughs> <But> continue. <laughs> continue. Let's keep this, get this bit going. Ralph. Ralph wrecks no, 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 no. the internet. No, no, no. Now <laughs> um, you see, now you see uh, me too. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, number one, Nick, do you know? I do. Your, one of your favorite movies, Back to the Future. Uh, yeah. Nice, um, nice, nice. Yeah. I actually have seen very little of these top ten Considering you, I'm you, such an 80s, you were talking nerd. big about this. Yeah, song. that's what I was thinking. Like, I was like, "There's not a lot of crap." Here. Well, yeah, it's because it's just crap up in the top. Um, what and about then, the Oscars? Uh, all right, do we have to wear bow ties? Put on Can your tuxedo. Like... Put on your bow tie. Um, uh, Tanner, you put on your all denim tuxedo. What about a bolo tie? Snakeskin. I don't know. I think they're okay with bolo ties. I just don't think you can go sans collar, though. I don't think you can do open collar. I think they kick you out. I think that's fair. Um, the Oscars, of uh, which would be in 1986 for the year 1985. Actress in a supporting role was Angelica Houston for Prizzy's Honor. Actor in a supporting role was Don Amechi for Cocoon. Actress in a leading role went to Geraldine Page for The Trip to Bountiful. First time I've ever heard of that movie. Yeah. Uh, Hector in a leading role, William Hurt for Kiss of the Spider Woman, which is probably nowhere near as cool as it sounds. Probably not. Um, Because that sounds like a great sci-fi movie, but it's probably a drama. Um, Now, going on to Best Picture, your nominees were Witness, Prizzy's Honor, Kiss of the Spider Woman, the color purple and the winner out of Africa. Huh? So, all right. That was the Oscars. I whew, yeah, not a seen none of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. That was a rough time. Little embarrassed to be born that year. Um, but we can talk about what they doubled down on in 1985. Okay. And they, um, kind of what you would expect in 1985, to be honest. Um, First of all, in 1985, we've already mentioned Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Commando both come out, which are both just one-man army action films. 
Um, <laughs> that was the arms race, uh, the literal arms race between uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone back then, seeing who could be the most actiony dude. Mm-hmm. Which I guess you got to give it to Stallone. He had number two and three. Right, at the yeah, box I was going to say that. Like, yeah, he he. Other other than Michael yeah. J. Fox, he was wow. the king of Hollywood that year. Man, yeah, like Schwarzenegger looking like an idiot. Uh, we had two zombie movies, um, um, and they're both um, zombie movies in which the zombies like can talk and are smart. Um, with Return of the Living Dead, which is probably my favorite zombie movie of all time, and Day of the Dead, which is part of the George A. Romero universe. Mm-hmm. And then we also double down on um, fe- uh, movies about uh, teens dabbling in mad science with weird science and real genius oh and that is what 1985 doubled down on wow, nice um you're gonna really want to tune in to next episode because 1986 really gets crazy so oh yeah um, hell yeah just a just a little teaser just a little teaser for people to tune in to the return of the king episode there um so that's what they doubled down on um guys 1985 i'm a fan of 80s cinema um what are what are what are your movies? What 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 movies in 1985 stick out to you guys? There's a lot there that like wasn't I feel like topped in that top ten. Um, yeah, a lot of sleeper. Yeah, which is it, very interesting to me. Um, this year, I was a big fan of The Black Cauldron, one of my favorite um, like animated Disney films. Uh, the Goonies, which we talked about. Uh, Ewoks: The Battle of Endor came out this year. <laughs> Uh, incredible. Uh, and, um, explorers with, um, Ethan Hawke and river Phoenix this year. Okay. Ones that were brought up that were kind of memorable to me was clue that came out Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, I'm surprised that that was such a low budget movie. I remember it being a big hit and, you know, we'll talk about this maybe sometime down the road when we do this movie, but they had like four different endings that they put in different theaters. So that was kind of an interesting thing to release in 85. I remember Return to Oz, not because it was particularly great, but it was just one I watched in my childhood, mm-hmm. and I never watched the ending of it until a few years, like maybe last year, and it, it didn't quite live up to the weirdness, I felt like, of like the first two-thirds of the movie. Oh, I've never seen but, it. Yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, Follow That Bird, was one I watched as a kid. It's the Sesame Street movie. <laughs> Basically, nice. Big Bird runs away. From, no, 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 I'm sorry. He gets adopted, runs away from his adoptive parents and tries to get back to Sesame Street. And all the characters hop in different cars like Fast and the Furious and try to go find him across America. That sounds awesome. It's not as action packed as I made it sound. Yeah, it's just it's just fun. So, I mean, we I brought up Return of the Living Dead. There's Teen Wolf, which is Michael J. Fox is a werewolf, which is much better than Back to the Future. Um, wow. Pee-wee's Big Adventure came out this year. Um, it's a good one. And then there's uh, Just One of the Guys, which some girl poses as a dude in high school to write some article. It's a very 80s movie. And then here's the big three. Obviously, Breakfast Club. Yeah. But then you have St. Elmo's Fire, which is like this weird spiritual like sibling to the mm-hmm. Breakfast Club. Also weird that they came out in the same year. Yeah. In which some characters are playing like just graduated college and then like yeah. sophomores in high school in the same year mm-hmm. um and then of course one day will be an episode of this podcast barry gordy's the last dragon so <laughs> i knew you were um, bringing it up cannot recommend 
cannot recommend this movie. Tanner's gonna call in sick that mm-hmm. day. I casted uh, whatever that stupid movie about the swords in the future were. Um, Highlander. <laughs> that's two hits. Will cast yeah, yeah. Highlander. <laughs> He, he will cast the last dragon and he will enjoy it. So no. Um you will like it. I refuse. Um, and so and then like 85, I think we have to just acknowledge that like we brought it to the 80s cuz this is kind of a weird run of uh fantasy films um in 85. Yeah. It's really yeah. like it's mm-hmm. it's legend, it's Lady Hawk, it's Red Sonia, it's uh it's just and Black Cauldron we mentioned. It's we're like in a weird peak of like fantasy films in yeah. this, uh, yeah, in, in the mid '80s. So this would be a great time to have a Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, so hey, let me ask you this though: It's the '80s. If it's not the Beatles, if a band was putting together an '80s mm. version of Lord of the Rings, who is it? Would it be Queen? Oh yeah, you're right. Well, no, because they're tied <laughs> up in the stupid Highlander crap. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and Flash Gordon. Um, would it be Rat? No, <laughs> I wish. I hope it's rat. I hope it's just hair metal. Just get yeah, all the hair metal bands. Listen, I will. I will. I will raise the stakes right now. I, in the next week, when this gets released, I will release a hair metal cast of this on Instagram. Oh my so god! Go follow us on Instagram <laughs> and 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 see the hair metal cast of Lord of the Rings. This is going to be lots fun of hair, okay. lots of guitar that solos. Will be fun. Um, there's a lot of hair in this movie, so it's true. Hair. It's true. We just gotta put we just gotta put beards on these guys, and it'll it'll look fine. They're already kind of dressed like Lord of the Rings, anyways, just with more you know neon pink and lime green. Yeah, just so, tone it down. There you go. Um, there you go. Other than that, yeah, yeah, we'll just tone it down a little. Um, and God, that's gonna be a good soundtrack. Okay, <laughs> guys, <laughs> we need to do this. We need to cast the two towers in 1980. Yeah. Um, before I give the listeners a recap of uh, the fellowship. So again, if you haven't listened to fellowship one, you're a psychopath Two, go back do and it. listen to it. Cause I'm going to spoil it here in a little bit. But before I do that, let me repeat the premise and let me give you some rules. The premise, again, is we're taking a movie out of its or- original release year and we're dropping it in a new release year. And then two of us are going to recast it with actors relevant to the new release year. The third one of us will um, choose. Uh, Tanner, you're the That's director me. this week. So Nick and I put together um, a cast list for this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you will choose which one you like better. Um, and But you have two power-ups. At any point, you can Good retroactively life. switch Those. any two already casted actors in their respective roles. You just say, hey, I like both of those, mm-hmm. but they would be better suited over here. Yes. And then your big power up is at any point. You can also tell me and uh, Nick to F off and you're just going to put your own actor of your own choosing mm-hmm. in the role. But you can only do that once and it yes. has to be during during the pick. No, uh, so, well, we're, we're, we're doing a special trilogy thing. And so actually... Everyone has this power up, this override um, at any point because Nick did not use his in fellowship. I did not. I have not used mine and Tanner has his. So actually any three of us at any point can use this override um, across the trilogy, but only once and during the pick. Nick did not use his in his episode, so he still got it. It's still in play. It's still there like a nuclear time. Oh, yeah. And so ready. um, And also there's usually rules. 
Um, some of those are still intact. Others aren't. The first rule is anyone we cast um, has to be alive in 1985. Really, technically, 84 Correct. if they appeared in the previous um, film. Mm-hmm. And 86. Anyone uh, we cast has to be free. Um, yeah, also 84 through 86. Um, also has to be free, like not in prison or anything like that in 84 through 86. Um, number three is they have to be active. And we define that as they have to have a acting credit listed on IMDb um, in 84 or prior to um, and through. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I guess as long as it's 84, it's fine. Um, and then the last thing, normally what we would do on this podcast is any actor we choose would lose their respective film roles. But because this was a massive undertaking across three years, we have done away with that rule. We are not going to mess with anyone's filmography here. We will discuss what some of these actors were doing when we bring them up, but they will not lose uh, their credits in this particular episode because we're only human. We couldn't do it. We could. We we, we admit defeat. I'm we could not possibly never, come up with actors never. that would not have something sacrosanct in these three years. Um, and or I'm mean, we could have, but we would not have had lives. Um, and yeah. so. Uh, so, wait, you that guys rule have lives? is off. <laughs> Sometimes, oh, we try. That rule's off the board, but so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a rundown of the cast, though, because um, what we've done here is Nick's kind of just uh he's he's divvied up uh these uh actors and characters who appear across multiple films, most of them, yeah, um, and so. In Fellowship of the Ring, we casted Isilir, Bilbo, Galadriel, Elrond, Boromir, Pippin, Gimli, and Frodo. We casted all of those in the Fellowship episode. Uh, Isildur, what's his name? Isildur. Isildur. Okay, Isildur. Um, we casted as Robert Redford. Um, Bilbo nice. Baggins is being played by Anthony Hopkins. Um, not Danny DeVito, um, which is just a horrible, <laughs> <Or no>. horrible. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! Uh, Galadriel would be played by Helen Mirren. Elrond will be played by David Bowie. This is where the film started to correct itself. Um, <laughs> Boromir will be played by Harrison Ford. Pippin will be played by Michael J. Fox. Gimli by Rip Thorn. And Rip Thorn or Torn? Torn. Torn. Rip Torn. Um, And then Frodo Baggins will be played by Matthew Broderick. And so that is the current cast in play that we have to kind of keep in mind because we are casting people that have to engage and interact and kind of be paired with some of these guys. Um, So for the Two Towers, 1985, here is the cast. We have Treebeard, Aomer, Aomer. Nick, you're gonna have to correct me on some of these pronunciations. Aomer. Aomer. Wormtongue, King Theoden, Sauron, Mary, Legolas, and Gandalf will be our big boy at the end. Nice. Is that who y'all casted? Because that's who I casted. Yes. That's who I have, yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. So, Tanner, as the director, we are now handing this over to you. Uh, thank you. Um, and uh, what we'll do first is we'll start off by 
casting Treebeard. Side. I am on nobody's side. Because nobody is on my side. Originally uh, also played by John Rhys Davies or Gimli. He um, did the voice by going into his deepest register and doing his lines through a wooden megaphone is how they got his. It's not like digitally enhanced. It's just him through a wooden megaphone. Getting that oaky sound. Peter Jackson, cheap bastard. Um, (laughs) Gimli, get over here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were in New we They were in New Zealand. Cast- they had no. They had no time. <laughs> we forgot to cast a tree beard. Speaking <laughs> this log. <laughs> so, give me your tree beard. Let's start with Corey. Oh, we're starting with me. I love it. I love it. So, my tree beard. Uh, I listen. It's all voice. It's uh, it's it's voice work. It's incredible. I guess we could argue that in the eighties, we might have a very prosthetic, heavy tree man walking around. Um, yes, but either way, it would still work. Um, I cast Sean Connery. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Fascinating, Corey. Fascinating. Um, not where I thought you were going to go. Uh, Nick, what do you have for tree beard? <laughs> um, so I went with, uh, you will not, you may or may not know this name, but I will explain. Uh, Thurl Ravenscroft. Oh, that is a good name, and you will have to explain who that person is. Is, is he from? Is he actually from Middle Earth? <laughs> he might be. He might be. But he is the voice of Tony the Tiger. Incredible. And he is the singer of the original uh, Mr. Grinch song from the animated movie. Okay. Has he done uh, okay. anything? Any anything else? It's all voice work. What do you want from me? He he's 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 a known voice actor, very highly recognizable in sounds, well, in music and songs. Yes, I, I understand that, but you gave me Tony the Tiger as like his. I'm only sorry, role. is that not recognizable enough for he you? He says two lines. They're great, and that's it, Nick. He sings the theme to How the Grinch st- Stole Christmas. That cannot be. Hey, he was in Aristocats. He's also oh, like, yeah, he's in, you, he's in Aristocats. He's, oh, that's what you're going to go with? His background performance <laughs> in the Aristocats? Get the fuck out of here. Something other than a musical number. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I don't want to like shoot myself in the foot here. Um, but Thurl Ravenscroft was a voice actor in the 70s animated Hobbit trilogy or Hobbit he's, movies. Also, the vacuum in, in the Brave Little Toaster, if that helps you, Tanner. Yes, Nick, I'm Kirby. trying to help you, I, and you're bringing up the vacuum from me. the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> okay. Either of um, those would help me more so Jesus than the musical Christ, number get, from The get, Grinch. Oh my God. You forgot that Tanner hates Christmas. I don't know that he's seen The Grinch. So. He is a Grinch. Um, that's why. <laughs> so... Uh, Sean Connery in the mid '80s, uh, doing a lot of um this type of crap. Uh, he's the Green Knight and sort of Valiant. He's Ramirez and Highlander, like in '86. Uh, um, so mm-hmm. he's actually not doing anything actually in '85. So, um, I mean, we're not really messing with it, but still, he's just not doing anything in '85. But he's kind of in a fantasy, you know? I mean, he's coming off Bond, and he's kind of doing his fantasy stuff on the side there, you know? So basically, Tanner, other than those things, he's just basically a voice actor that was used prominently as background voices and unique characters throughout Disney's history. I mean, he's in 
Babes in Toyland. He's in Alice in Wonderland. He's apparently uncredited as Monstro in Pinocchio. That's that's how far that back this guy goes. Like he, nice. he's just pretty much peppered all throughout Disney history. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Um, I love what you've done, Corey, with Sean Connery. It doesn't make any sense at all to me, but I love <laughs> that you've done it. It makes sense, um, but it was not where I was going to play Sean Connery. So, right, I um, swear so upon I, everything holy, if y'all put Sean Connery where y'all think he should go, I will burn this podcast to the ground. I'm I'm interested to see where where you guys think he should go. Um, hey, but Tanner, I am going to go with Nick's choice here. No, go ahead. Tanner, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have a power-up where you could retroactively switch things. You can't put Thurl Ravenscroft anywhere else. He is stuck here. Sean Connery you can play with. That is true. You can play with Sean Connery. That is true. Corey's just trying to to save his risky move. That's what he's trying to do. There's one one person on this list that I think he could could do pretty well. Um, And I hope you bring him up there. Why would I bring him up? I just brought him up. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. Whatever. Just go with Thurl <sighs> Ravenscroft. Let's just go with Tony the Tiger, the vacuum from the Brave Little Clearly, poster. he is a prominent voice actor that is highly recognizable voice. I would have also, um, I would have more, more accepted the rock monster from uh, Neverending Story, mm-hmm. his voice. That's uh, the proper choice here, but I will go with Thurl Ravenscroft. Let's move forward. Let's let's move forward from this uh, this misstep in casting right off the bat, and go to uh, Amir, uh, originally played by Carl Urban. Saruman has poisoned the mind of the king and claimed lordship over these lands. My company are those loyal to Rohan, and for that we are banished. The White Wizard is cunning. Um, Amir, uh, as we know him in the series is a writer of Rohan and really the um the leader of the pack who is still believing that Rohan um has something to give to the rest of uh Middle Earth and is really hoping that he that his um king will come out of the darkness and lead his people. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um so Nick, you made it. So go ahead and take it and give us your aim. Okay. So uh, I have pretty much one name on this on this list here, and uh, he ha- does. He's in a fantasy movie later in the '80s, but I felt like he was the right fit, the right time for this kind of same role of like a younger guy that's up and coming, and will get to be in more prominent films later. I'm picking Val Kilmer. Okay, late in eighty in '88, he's in Willow. In so, 88. <clears throat> this is his run of Real Genius in 85. Real yeah. Genius, that's what and it was. And then Top Gun in 86. I thought I just think he can bring just that headstrong kind of character to uh Aomir. <clears throat> it's a smaller role in in this trilogy, but it, it can yeah. lead to bigger things, like kind of like Carl Urban's did as well. That's fair. I mean, I, I like that. I love Val Kilmer, and I know Corey does too, so I don't know how he's going to try to tear you down, but I'm interested to see. Corey, who uh, who did you bring for Amir? Screw Val Kilmer. Um, and uh, um, 
Uh, you know that. Doesn't you know those words hurt, hurt coming out of your that mouth. Hurt you. He doesn't listen yeah. to the podcast. Um, but who does <laughs> listen to the podcast and should be the leader of the writers of Rohan or Rohan, not Gondor, whatever? Um, is a uh, uh, Kurt Russell. I have Kurt Russell, long-haired, beautiful man, Kurt Russell. Nice. What's he doing right now? Uh, in the mid-80s? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. He's doing Kurt Russell things. Probably something with John Carpenter. Um, but everyone knows Kurt Russell. Right now he's playing Santa Claus on Netflix. Um, he's in The Thing, uh, Wide Urban Tombstone. Uh, you know, it's Kurt Russell. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the mid-80s, he... Snake Plissken. Yeah, Snake Plissken. He's um, doing... Uh, mean season swing shift kind of kind of getting in the action stuff he's just coming off the thing um kind of about to enter a, a comedy phase uh in the late 80s over does uh best of times with robin williams um in 86 and big trouble in little china in 86 nice. and overboard in 87 um both of those are both of these are real good picks guys um it's sad that like he just doesn't have a bigger role in this film <laughs> In the books, apparently, uh, I mean, like like every character, he has a lot more to do right. and a lot more going on. But you know, there's just too much, too too little time to fill. So, but I think like I I like I like this character. The every time I've watched it, I've liked this character a little bit more. I think Carl Urban does a lot with a little. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, that's yeah. why I, I just that that was my argument. I feel like because Kurt Russell at this point is such an established name that I and and at that time Carl Urban wasn't. So you can argue Corey's side where it's like, okay, you get big name, bring him in, and that adds some weight to the character. But my, I think mm-hmm. I was trying to go more in line with like, who's the actor that's up and coming that will get more stuff going pretty much from here on out. So. You know what I can't see? I don't see, listen, just somebody Google Val Kilmer, Kilmer with a beard. He just doesn't pull it off at any age. <laughs> at any age, Does the character Val have Kilmer, to have a beard? Yes. He's yes. a young warrior. Absolutely. But he has a beard. Um He's a writer of I Rohan. think I think I'm not gonna confirm or deny. I'm going to in- he has a he has he can grow a beard. He can he can do it. I mean I'm not saying he can't grow a beard. I'm just saying he looks terrible with a beard in every single picture. I'm gonna go with Kurt Russell. Yes. I yes. think <laughs> Nick's face right now. What is his face? Nothing. Name? Never mind. It's fine. It's fine. Um, fine. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Kurt Russell. I think he's gonna have a good time. I'm upset. It's fine. Uh, and and I I'm pretty certain what we can do here is okay. Maybe it's too much, but if we just make sure that Amir doesn't wear a helmet ever, and you just keep Kurt Russell's hair hair acting that, going, that majestic ha- head of hair. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it really works. Yeah. He's gonna come up. And I mean, he's played yep. uh, in his career. He's played a lot of <clears throat> leading people yep. who are in charge, yep. mm-hmm. right? And so, like, <laughs> that's funny, Nick. I, I see what you're <laughs> doing. Um, so I think I think that really works for him, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So let's do Kurt Russell. Let's move now to Worm Tongue. A just question, my liege. Late is the hour. In which this conjurer chooses to appear. Last spell I name it. Ill news is an ill guest. Be silent. Originally played by Brad Dourif, who had to shave his eyebrows for three years on and off. 
He did um, such a good English accent that Peter Jackson just thought he was English. Yeah, I thought it was Bernard Hill thought he was, oh, was it? he was okay. English. That might be true. Yeah, that it might was be Bernard it, yeah. Hill. Because yeah. when he dropped it, he was um, just like, "Why are you doing an American accent?" Um, but to Brad Dourif, um, Warm Tongue, he's the uh, evil character who keeps Theoden in under the control of uh, Saruman, mm-hmm. and he's the poison that is whispering into Theoden's yeah. ear to try and like keep him subdued so that Saruman can take control. And they of do the, a pretty decent job of rounding out the character, I feel like, by not just making him like the little de- demon on the shoulder the entire time. Like they build this idea mm-hmm. that he has this yearning for Eowyn. And yeah, kind of which is yeah, creepy. It's, it's creepy, but it's like th- there's this there's this tinge that he adds to it of like just this desperate like long he's longing for a connection. And like he, yes. he wants her connection. There's some like desperation yeah. to him. And so you, you yeah. do feel there's a slightest bit of sympathy. But yeah, his creepiness just it kind of makes you realize like, OK, this guy's just bad news. It makes you so sad that Brad Dourif's going to be like his legacy will be being the voice of a killer doll. And he does such a good job in live action acting. He does. He's very. Uh, yeah, he really you know. does. Yeah. I didn't even recognize until looking stuff up for this for this movie mm. that he was the voice of Chuck. Yeah, and I think he's I like no the idea. only guy that's ever voiced Chucky. I don't know that they've ever gone off script and gotten anybody else to do it. So Okay. Nice. So I'm going even first. For the new series? Yeah, I think he's doing yes. it even for the new yeah. series. Yeah. Corey, you made it. Um Sick. Yeah, you made uh, it, Corey, so go ahead and take it. Okay, I put two names down. One of them just tickled my funny bone, the other one's a safe bet. We'll go safe. The safe. I put okay. down mm-hmm. the great, the heavyweight, Tim Curry. His worm tongue. What? Interesting. Yeah, okay. He is currently, this year he's playing the giant devil man in Legend. So, um, yeah, he is. That's, that's mainly what he's doing right now. But he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of like... You know, he was like a weirdly like who's that dude now that and all the Guillermo del Toro movies that Doug Jones is that the guy like the creature actor? Oh yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Tim Curry was kind of doing that in the eighties. Like he was weirdly like behind a lot of makeup he was, in the eighties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, he was Pennywise the clown in the miniseries. He did Legend. You know, obviously did Clue this year as well. Um, and so. Yeah. I just think he makes a good villain, and it's just that voice. It's and since Wormtongue's entire like persona comes from his whispering and and, and manipulation through his voice, I just um, let's give it to old Tim Curry there. Yeah, solid, solid choice. Yeah, I can totally see it'd be a little like I think more like maybe more aggressive Tim Curry. Like I feel like he oh, comes yeah. across more aggressively than uh, Brad Dourif, uh, but I could see it. Um, Nick, what do you got? So, if Corey went safe, I will gamble. Since he Uh-oh. kind of screwed me last round. Um, <laughs> so, to answer your question, Corey, Brad Dorf is not the only person to voice Chucky. Oh, who else did it? The other voice actor to play him was in before this TV series that just came out when they did kind of a reboot of Chucky. Mark Hamill. <laughs> Oh, that yeah, and he did it. He did the remake. He did the remake. That was a he big did. deal. He did the remake. So that was really weird. But that's who I picked. Oh, 
I picked a three years removed Luke Skywalker to tap mm. into his more villainous side at the age of 35 to play okay. a, and in the makeup and stuff, he won't be as recognizable. Um, and it'll sure. be quite the transformation for him. It's almost like he's doing the evil emperor thing a little bit. So right. I think it'll be a fun twist for, and he, at this, basically after Return of the Jedi, he just dives right into voice acting. He does some live action stuff, but that's pretty much it. Has he done anything of like villainous intent at this point? Like he's not done any, like I mean, he's literally plays the Joker, like not long, five, six years after this. Okay. Yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah, he's doing a lot of TV after Star Wars. Um, kind of playing it close to the chest. Um, so yeah, I'm just saying this is a chance for him to be on screen rather than off screen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like it. It's just, it's just me looking at it, going if if he's recognizable, people would might not people would be confused that he's like a villain at this point. You mean because he's an actor? You could throw like the a black long black wig on him or something. I mean, you could deck him long out. Long black wig, shave his eyebrows. Yeah, you know, think of like a uh, new trilogy. Mark Hamill, the long hair. Don't <laughs> think of new trilogy, Mark Hamill, for this. Man. <laughs> I think so. Here's the here's the thing that I think Mark Hamill would do better here. Mark Hamill here, I think just alone his voice can, uh, especially since we've heard him play the Joker forever, like. He has a more like snaky, like tone he has to a him, more voice like slimy to, to uh, yeah, to Tim Curry's like baritone, baritone. Voice, so because I feel like essentially this would just be him doing like a personification of the Joker. Um, I could, yeah, in, in a way, but it, it's not as this character isn't as like not as evil vibrant. heckling laughter Joker, right? Like, right, right. Kind of thing. It's, I think he's the right move here. I think he's he's a good look for the character. I think Tim Curry might, even though he is more 80s, like, villain creature actory, I think Mark Hamill would bring bring something to it that, like, he brings later in his career. So I think I'm going to go Mark Hamill here. I really didn't care because I thought Mark Hamill was a really solid choice. So I really Wee! didn't want to. Yeah, I think, I think it's really solid. Okay, so we've got Mark Hamill as Wormtongue. Up next, we're going to uh, be casting Theoden, King Theoden, uh, who is uh, originally played by Bernard Hill. Where is the horse and the rider? Where is the horn that was blowing? They have passed like rain on the mountains. Like wind in the meadow. Um, originally, Kevin Conway was cast, but decided to do uh, Gods and Generals instead. Hmm. Okay. Um, which would be interesting. Um, as we discussed, King Theoden is being controlled by both Saruman and Wormtongue being uh, pacified and uh, essentially poisoned in his soul mm-hmm. um, so that he is a bad king who is not looking to protect his realm. Um, and since you made it, Nick, 
Go I ahead know. and take it. Who did you? What did I do? Who did you give us for Theoden? So Theoden, he's and I assume it was Kurt Russell. Yeah, uh, no, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> not yet. Uh, Theoden, yeah, he he's definitely like one, of, maybe one of my favorite characters of this trilogy. I, I think the more I think about it and rewatch it, choice. just because he yeah. does again, he does so much with with a smaller role. Um, it's not mm-hmm. your typical kind of king. Uh, performance that he gives like his Theoden is much more like uh, contemplative and stuff and some of the best scenes are involve him uh, a monologue with him and and, and a, a montage of scenes and stuff like it's probably some of the better uh, script writing but probably pulled straight from yeah. the pages of Tolkien a lot of the stuff is but he does such a good job with like the smaller moments and stuff so anyway yeah. with that in mind um, I really wish that Corey had gone first because it wasn't a hundred percent on where I was going with this. Um, I had a, I had to care. I had someone in mind. Then I switched. Then I found another person. So, um, I will throw Sean Connery here. Yes, I see this where uh-huh. where some of us are assuming that he would go, but in the eighties, I feel like he's still in the mindset of I'm James Bond or I'm leading man type or I'm I'm action guy. Yeah. Sean Connery. So I think that he still has a lot of that still in him. So you're putting him in Theoden is going to be more of a rousing kind of performance for him when he is this king who's kind of doomed basically through the neck through these two movies. Um, I think you'll have a great moment when he finally returns to his full strength and kicks Wormtongue out and riding with the riders of Rohan against uh, in, in the fields of Pelennor. But then you'll also get a chance for him to be the have the quieter moments and stuff with uh, Aowen and stuff too. So, yeah, you can see him in that scene where he's like kicking Wormtongue mm-hmm. out, trying to kill yeah. him. I think you can really see him, especially having everyone seen Highlander. You can see him there without his Spanish accent, though. R- right, without a Spanish yes, accent. Yes, no Spanish accents here, Sean Connery. Um. Okay, Corey. What do you got for me? Here's what I don't have, and that's Sean Connery. Nice. I think nice. Treebeard is as much as I was willing to give Sean Connery, <laughs> um, because I don't want him in this movie live action, because he turned down this movie in real life because he didn't understand it. So I don't want Sean Connery in this movie at all. He doesn't deserve it. So I was willing to concede that he can be the talking tree. But other than that, so help me God, if he ends up (laughs) as Gandalf in this, I will burn everything to the ground. Fair enough. So if he has to be here, I'll survive. But what I'll throw you in place of Sean Connery, but you seem in love with him because it's Highlander. I'm going to throw you Ben Kingsley in this role because I just feel like it's a regal role and it has a lot of chops he's got to be his dad to daughter he's got to be manipulated he's got to be aggressive and I just think Ben Kingsley's um that guy he can just he can just run the gamut of uh of all of it I love me sir some Ben but do you love it as much as Highlander sorry sir Ben Kingsley yes what's I Sir Sean Connery, I can tell you that. I feel like Sean Connery might have been knighted at some point. Um, Let's see. I mean, I'll look it up while y'all discuss this. It's a battle of the knights. Dang it. Nice. Um, Lame. Well, 
Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. Nick, I think this is if if I was to pick any role for Sean Connery to be, he would get nowhere further than Theoden. Like he is not going to be my Gandalf. He's not going to be any of those people. Theoden is as far as I would let him go. But Ben Kingsley is a much better choice. Oh, come on. Ben Kingsley is is kingly. Just can't, like, okay, because it's in his name. <laughs> he, like, yes. Corey, like Corey said, he's regal. He has be- way better acting shots than Sean Connery. Two-thirds of that are the same thing as Sean Connery. What, regal? Regal. Yeah, but not three-thirds. <laughs> but, like, so the moments like I can I can see Ben Kingsley when he is in the old age makeup and he is like decrepit sure, yeah. and he is like playing playing that old character. I can see Ben Kingsley actually playing that character really. But can well. you see him on the and Sean? Can you see him on the flip side when he has to be the king and he has to lead the men yes. to battle? Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Much. Hail to the king, dude. Come Absolutely. on. Sure. Yeah, we could see him doing that. <laughs> yeah. Being a goofball. It's Ben Kingsley. This is the easiest choice that you I, have put on this table. I do not agree with this 100%. So. It, okay, so here's the problem with Sean Connery. When, they, when he gets, if he even reads the script, but when someone tells him he's got to play a decrepit old man who's being like, kind of like, like mind effed by a, a villain, he's going to be like, I'm not doing that. I don't play weak. No, no, sir, not me. And he's just gonna walk off set and punch somebody. Because I mean, it, it either way, it's Ben Kingsley. Oh like, gosh. lock it in. It's it's going I no further. My, I should have gone off my other pick. Oh well. What was your other pick? Yes, Richard Harris. That's a good one too. Why don't I? I do. Richard Harris. Why does that not ring? It's Dumbledore. Isn't yeah, it? the original Dumbledore. Wait. Oh gosh. Yeah. My no. It's been Kingsley. Yes. We're moving on. Gonna gonna remember that beat. Great work, Corey. Great, great, gonna great remember work. That ben Kingsley really tickles Tanner's fancy. So put that in the old back pocket. God, I love Ben Kingsley. God, Somehow. I love Ben Kingsley. Um, <clears throat> next up, we're gonna go to Saruman, originally played by Christopher Lee. The world is changing. Who now has the strength to stand against the armies of Isengard? And Mordor, who stand against the might of Sauron and Saruman, and the union of the two towers. Um, obviously, as we've talked about in the first episode and here in this one, Saruman is the pawn of Sauron. He is the one who uh, betrays Gandalf and becomes a dark wizard um, to help grow an army 10,000 strong of orcs for yeah. Sauron's army. Him He's army. like the primary villain of this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. He wanted to be Gandalf and then, and then didn't end up getting yes. it. Yes. So. They're like, you're too scary. <laughs> Like yeah, you play Dracula. Yeah. This is kind of made for you. Yeah. You're a villain. <clears throat> um, okay, well, Corey, with that uh, real solid Ben Kingsley pick, 
Um, give us your Saruman. My Saruman. I don't even remember who I put. Let me read. Oh, man, I have two. Oh, no, I needed to go second. <laughs> oh. Look what you've done. Okay, I'll just... No, no, I'll just go. I'll just go. I'll just go safe. I'll just go safe. Mm. Jeremy Irons. Nice. Do love some Jeremy Irons. Tell uh, everyone uh, who doesn't know Jeremy Irons about Jeremy Irons. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to be able to name that people know that Jeremy? I mean, he's the villain of Die Hard 3. Die Hard 3. He's brother. the voice of Scar um, in The Lion King. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. it. He is Scar in The Lion King. Plays Alfred in the Schneider uh, Batman mm-hmm. movies, that universe. Um, he's also Adrian, uh, Adrian Veidt in the new Watchmen yes, series. Yeah, does a great job there. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, he's he's a man in the Iron Mask with Leo. He's there. He's kind of a, cla- when you think of him, he's kind of a classical British kind of actor, but he mm-hmm. just, yeah. He, in, it's really weird because he has such an amazing, like, voice in, that really can go weirdly very villainous or very, like, good guy. It's weird that he can really mm-hmm. play, play both, both very perfectly. Yeah, like, and I mean, really well. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's 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 who I put, Jeremy Irons. Okay, Nick, who do you have to go up against uh, Jeremy Irons? Is he, sir? first off, is he Sir Jeremy Irons? I feel like he should I don't be. Think so? He should be. I mean, if you're in Die Hard Three, like, should be an automatic knighting. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Irons knighted. Um, he nope. He says he would turn down being knighted. So nope. And he said if All it was right, ever uh, brought to him, he would um, he would just not do it. So, All Corey. Right. Gotta give it to him. That's fine. Corey, I will take your Disney villain, and I'll raise you another Disney villain. I'm going to bring to the table a lesser known name completely. He's more known for his voice acting, oh, but yes, he sir. does the same. Love he does it. a lot of British acting stuff. He does a lot of TV mm. work. He's on lots of TV shows, making cameos and small roles, one-off episodes. I'm bringing you Tony J. You know him as Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay. And that is probably the most... What do I know him as a person? You don't know him as a person, but it's okay. Yeah, he's, he's not in a person. A t- Tough win there, Nick. Listen, speak coming from the guy who brings up <laughs> random-ass people on TV <laughs> shows of CSI and Law and & Order. Yeah. I don't want to hear it, have, okay? You have their body on screen If you to Google see. Tony J, real quick for me, uh-huh. you can find him. I he's did. on TV, and he's six okay. foot four, so it's perfect. Because he's tall and intimidating, Great. and he's got the same low baritone bass voice, really. Yeah. So there, that's my argument. That's my that's my counter. It's just fascinating to me that, uh, like, a fourth <laughs> of your cast here is just people who have never been outside of cartoons. I'm sorry. Are we casting the '80s or the greatest hits of British actors? Hey, I, I resent that. I brought Kurt Russell in. Yeah, too early. Too early, Corey. Oh, no, it's not too early. I don't know where he's thinking. Yeah, I, and I've, I've got a better one. So I'm just trying to convince you to think outside the box a bit, Tanner. That's all. I get what you're doing, and I appreciate that. Because you're the outside the box person, Tanner. Yes, I am the outside the box person. And normally, normally, uh-huh. But Tanner, let me, let me ask you a question. You're an actor. You're you got a degree in it. 
a lot of that's physical. A lot of that's like you got to know what to do with your hands. And I, don't, I think Tony J is going to be constantly asking, what do I do with my hands? As I stated before, <laughs> he has television <laughs> acting ability. Golden Girls, Hunter, Circus, Twins. He was in the movie Twins. Tanner, just pull the trigger already and just, and just pick. Yeah, Just go put ahead. me out of my misery, it's- Tanner. Just do it. Just do it, Tanner. It's Jeremy Irons. I have no fucking clue what Tony J does. He on does screen. a I great can't. villain. That's what he does. He does a great voice oh, villain. You're whatever. right, but I don't see. It doesn't just move make on. sense. Just, I, I, just move on. Just move on. Jeremy Irons is our Saruman. <laughs> Every time I feel like I've got uh, you two figured out, you just do weird things. I love it. This is great. <laughs> We're going to move oh from Saruman. We're going to go to Mary, uh, Corey's least favorite of the hobbits. How can that be your decision? This is not our war. But you're part of this world. Aren't you? You must help. Please. You must do something. Have fun going first, Corey. It's true. I wrote two names down, and that, yeah. It's, hard, it's tough, isn't it? Originally played by Dominic Monaghan. Nick, help me give a description of Mary, because I think with Corey, it's a little similar. Like, Mary and Pippin sort of, to me, blend together for, like, this one. So what separates Mary and Pippin? So at first, they're, they're just the comic relief in the first movie, obviously. In this yes. movie, they transition... And really, their arc is about growing up and taking responsibility and, and playing their part in the bigger right. world. Mary, I would I would say that Mary becomes more of the straight man to Pippin a lot, and he's more of like he's he's yes. much more of a serious character, and and you get more of that as we go into these movies because he's like I want to fight, I want to I want to join, I want to do something, you know, I want to stand yeah. up, and so. He's yeah. and him and Eowyn in the third movie definitely bond through that because they're like, you're too little. And then they tell her, you're a woman, you're not supposed to fight. And so together yeah. they kind of get to prove themselves on the battlefield and stuff and, and play yeah. a larger part in this story. So I would say, yeah, he's just more he's just a little he becomes the more serious action oriented of the hobbits. So solid, solid, solid way to put that. Corey, who is your Mary? Oh, man. I wrote down two names in case I had to go second. I was going to see how Nick played it, but I'll just go ahead and throw you Anthony Michael Hall. Okay. I think, uh, I mean, we know Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, he would be the uh, nerd, the brain from the Breakfast Mm -hmm. Club, which is Mm -hmm. what he's doing this year. So he's doing teen Brat Pack movies at this point. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, you nail what exactly what he looks like and what he's doing this year with. Yeah, he's coming off sixteen candles, doing the brain, um, in yeah, the Breakfast Club. So okay, Uh, which is probably maybe more of my gamble, but yeah, I like. I'm just gonna throw it out there for the sake of fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick, who did you bring for Mary? So again, Corey and I are somewhat in the same ballpark. Okay, great. I'm glad you're. Coming back to the ballpark. Um, this is good. So, with the description I gave in mind, he's going with the brain. I'm going with the rebel. I'm bringing Judd Nelson here. Whoa. Okay. So I think we're just ripping apart the Breakfast Club. 
So I think, well, I mean, if if we were actually pulling him out of Breakfast Club. Right, 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 right. But I think that he can have the fun at the beginning at the party, blowing up the fireworks, um, doing mischievous things. And then when it comes time to be serious and when he has to sit there and be like, you guys are a part of this world to the end. It's like, you got to do something like you're going to take him more seriously because he's suddenly is putting on his tough guy uh, mentality there. And it's kind of like, hey, we need to do this, you know. Pippin is also more yeah. the brains of the two because he's the one that tricks uh, Treebeard into taking them to Isengard. If that kind of kind of right. helps differentiate them a bit more, so I don't hate either of these choices. I think they're they're both really good, and I think Nick makes a really good point because with Mary, you do get this aspect like Nick is saying, like he does want to like essentially like enlist. Right, he's the guy that's like, you guys aren't taking this seriously enough we need to be more of a part of this than we are current. Like we need to take more action than mm-hmm. we are doing. We need to help. I was just saying when Nick first said it, I didn't see it, but he kind of made a good case for the character. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at. I think like, I like, I like every Anthony Michael Hall and Judd Nelson in this, but I see Judd Nelson doing those dramatic, like pleading, like moments like that way more interestingly than anthony michael hall okay no that's fair yeah i don't know that yeah. i yeah yeah thought about the character enough i think i just maybe went with blonde curly hair it's <laughs> <laughs> fair that's fair who has blonde curly so hair? i honestly thought nick was gonna bring emilio Estevez into it so it's a little side swipe whenever he said yeah the criminal you know, when he, when he brought in Judd. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're going to go with Judd. Nick, that's a really good... Wee! <laughs> Nick, that's a really, really solid case that you made for Judd Nelson. Because when you said it, I had the same reaction of like, oh, odd? But you make, you make a really good point of like what the character needs in those moments. And Judd Nelson is really going to pull that. Point. Nick, you make a really good case. Yes, right, I make really good points sometimes, Cooey. Curry, I just screamed when you brought Ben Kingsley. So could you back up off Nick for a second? <laughs> um, so from Mary, we're going to go to Legolas, originally played by Orlando Bloom. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? <laughs> Obviously, Legolas is either blue-eyed or brown-eyed, whichever you prefer. Um, blue. and blue and um, he is the the elf of our team he is both comic relief here more and more so in this one with Gimli yeah. and then he is also the more stoic um, almost straight yeah. man mm-hmm. a lot of times yeah he's he's definitely Aragorn's like number two guy and is and yeah. we'll, and will call Aragorn out on stuff that he doesn't agree with and that and they kind of have this this uh disagreement about staying with uh, them at Helm's Deep initially being like we sh- we yes. shouldn't stay here we have a bigger mission going on and who cares about these people right. and Aragorn and then they have to right they're all gonna die it doesn't yeah. matter so it's it's him struggling with the concept of of mortality and humans and men uh, versus his own life as an elf the one fun note is that Orlando Bloom came right out of acting school for this this is his first gig ever 
And then Lucky. Uh, on top of that, when in the scene when Gandalf dies initially in the first movie, or we, we think he does, mm-hmm. um, his choice of acting to react to that, and I think either during the moment or after when everyone else is crying and upset, is him just going, huh, death is kind of weird. Right. It's like he's hit with it for yeah. the first time. And mm-hmm. is like, oh, I'm experiencing yeah. this for the first so, time. So, yeah. As an immortal being. So you want someone that's kind of uh, young to give that elven kind of immortality vibe to him, but somebody that can play play the superhuman character, basically. Yeah, give us your Legolas. I'm going to give you, at 26 years old, I'm giving you Daniel Day-Lewis. Whoa. Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. coming out strong, strong here. Legolas. Um, what is he doing right now? So the previous year, he was in the bounty with like every other actor, apparently, from England. Yes. He's doing some lesser known things a TV series called My Brother Jonathan he's in A Room with a View and then Mm. he's in a movie called My Beautiful Laundrette so yeah that's I just think I mean knowing what he will become knowing where he'll go he's he's an action guy but then he becomes this very considered like one of the best actors of the last 20 years easily Um, yeah but I think he'll play the young strapping uh and he can play the straight man uh, pretty well against Gimli. So who is our Rip Torn? So yeah, I see what you're doing. I, I'm gonna find a photo of him at this mm-hmm. time because like there's some things that I need to see. Um, but Corey, while I do that, who do you have as Legolas? I don't even know sort of how to play this. I don't. I don't know. I'm having a really hard time here. That's that's a that's a odd. Oh my gosh, that's all over the place. And now I don't know how to play it. I'm even th- okay, Tanner. Let me ask you a real question though. Do I have a shot against Daniel Day-Lewis? No, I, you have a shot against him, for sure. Like, with an American actor? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You? What half a point break do I give you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am going to just give you Keanu here. And I think it's just because of Keanu's style of acting, in which he kind of comes off as an alien half the time, actually just services him better as an elf because this is what plagues Keanu during the 80s is he get he he breaks out his bill obviously right now in the mid 80s he's playing a bunch of troubled teenagers in different movies but you know he'll get parenthood and he'll get Ted and he'll get kind of so but I think it's that because Orlando Bloom's kind of like I said how he chose to play uh Legolas throughout this movie is kind of like he's this fish out of water. He's left Rivendell and he is experiencing all these, I don't know, almost real world true things that exist outside of their little magical forest in which they all live forever. And so I was like, I think that might work to Keanu's advantage that he kind of plays very odd at all times. Even when he's like in speed and action hero in Matrix, he just plays like he's learning everything in the moment. I mean, I think you went the right way out of those two, Corey. Even though I love Patrick yeah. Swayze, mm-hmm. like this is this is the better choice. Um, because Daniel Day Lewis is absolutely not what I expected here. Um, yeah, that Nick, you threw a wrench thing. in the spokes. It's really just because he's no. he's young, he's he's attractive looking at this point, and we know he has acting chops. But he's just he's a fresh face, really, well, that's, and that's and I was thinking more of long long with what Orlando Bloom is at that point, a very the freshest of faces, and so. And for the record, Daniel Day Lewis is knighted 
How do you get knighted? Is it how are these people getting knighted? Like just just by being <laughs> actors, by winning an Oscar? What's the cur- yeah. criteria you, here? You get knighted for your service to drama. Okay, interesting. That's what you get knighted for. I'm very surprised neither of you brought up Rob Lowe here. This is that was. I can see that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Safe choice for I, me. I feel like I thought about it and for some reason backed off. I don't remember why. You still have your override. I do, but I'm worried about Gandalf. But your boy is Legolas. <sighs> oh, don't worry about don't 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 worry about Gandalf. I got you on Gandalf. Okay, you got me on Gandalf. Sort of. God, Corey, I was Corey. I took you at your word, and I <laughs> in that moment was like, "Great, I can use my. I feel safe with Corey. I'm gonna <laughs> use my override." And then you immediately burned it to the ground. You were so oh. confident, and I trusted that. <laughs> I'm going to go with Keanu. I think it's the better choice here. I think while I enjoy the Daniel Day-Lewis pick, I, I see... Orlando Bloom, is a bit, Orlando Bloom is a bit wooden himself, so it plays to Keanu as well. Like You get that same vibe, yes. so it makes sense. I think that's it. I think, like, I think it plays to his acting style, where he is more, he's out of sorts from everyone else. And like, he is definitely like. My only, my only concern <laughs> is mm-hmm. the accent. <laughs> but I guess we're in the 80s. Oh, you we're, mean his like surfer w- w- Well, accent? just that he doesn't do British accents. But we're in the 80s and accents don't matter as much. You can have an American right. accent and in fantasy. Especially in like yeah. fantasy. Yeah, in these, in these like, 80s fantasies, can... we don't, it, it doesn't matter. So. I think Keanu is the right move. Yeah, I'm here. not mad about it. So. Um, and I, yeah, that was a really good, really good pull. So then let's move to our final casting. The Grey Pilgrim. That's what they used to call me. 300 lives of men. I walked this earth, and now I have no time. With luck, my search will not be in vain. Look to my coming. At first light on the fifth day. At dawn, look to the east. Gandalf, originally played by Ian McKellen. As we've discussed, it was offered to Sean Connery, but he, quote, didn't understand the script. And, and that didn't sit well with Corey. And, that tur- and he turned it down. So, Corey, with uh, the Keanu pick, it was a good pick. Um, <laughs> who did you bring for Gandalf? Oh, I have to go first? Yeah, yeah you, you won it. You made it, my guy. It's your turn to Man. take it. We gotta reverse this to where it's a punishment to go first. Um, hmm. um, I'm just gonna bring you um, Ian McKellen's best friend, Patrick Stewart. Someone asked this question just because I don't actually know the answer. 40. Okay. I'd never know how old he actually yeah. is. He would be there's, 40. There's a secret of being bald. It, you just never know. He is 40 in 1985. Mm-hmm. So um, I just, you know. What is he doing around this time? In the 80s, Patrick Stewart is doing Dune, um, Life Force, Codename, a lot of stuff I've never heard of. So, um, yeah, I guess Dune would be the notable thing he did around this era. Yeah. And I mean, it's an easy, it's an easy step to take from, from him to Gandalf. He's like that regal, and we've always seen him as older British actor 
who like can be commanding in that presence in that space and can also be the wise like sage and i think it's what it was it's like you want a friendly aura the voice and uh, you know you just throw long hair and a beard on anyone that has that and i don't know i just patrick stewart it may not be the most inspired choice i didn't really deep dive um but right the other guy I had listed i just kind of like patrick stewart a little bit more I, I i think the other guy i had and i'll bring him up after nick but like i just don't i don't know there's just something about him that i'm like i like him in certain things but not in other things so okay nick who did you bring but nick as gandalf you know, we all we all had that first thought, except Corey, of like, okay, do we give Sean Connery the second shot here? I didn't have hand that him thought. the script and say, can you figure this out this time? So I'm going to go with someone that's maybe not as well known, but he's, uh, I believe, fifty something at this point. Let me double check that. Okay. He is fifty five, so he's right around the same age as Ian McKellen at this point in his career. What he's uh, known for doing? What has he voiced? <laughs> Uh, I don't know any voice acting <laughs> that he's done, Corey, but I do know some live action movies he's been in. That's good. That's a good start. So he's not going to be a name that's immediately, I think, recognizable to a lot of regular film goers, but he's been in lots of stuff. I'm going with Max von Sydow. Oh, yeah. You know him. He's uh, he's probably the first big movie was the Seventh Seal way back in the fifties. Yeah, uh, the one that's the one where he's it's black and white. He's playing chess with death. Um, you know him from The Sound of Music. He's the captain in that. He's the Emperor Ming in Flash Gordon. He plays a lot of B role. He's King Osric in Conan the Barbarian. Um, probably mm-hmm. the last thing people saw him in was in Knives Out. He was the head of the family that dies. Yeah, <clears throat> and he's then they're trying to find out who gets the money. And then before that, he had a cameo at the beginning of The Force Awakens when uh, Oscar Isaac's Poe Dameron character is talking to him at the be- oh, very first scene of the movie. He just, you know, with in McKellen's performance, he kind of just gives off this, not just like a wise sage kind of Obi-Wan type character, mm-hmm. but there's a warmth to him. And so in, in all the roles from, especially these later these later roles that Max played, um, you get that vibe as well that he's he's someone that is not just being like oh I'm wise and pompous or anything but he's just he, he more down to earth a little bit I think is the other thing that describes Gandalf I just think he has the chops for it and I think just think he's he's got that quality about him yeah. that that Ian McKellen kind of has as well so I see what you're doing um Corey just so you and I are both um and Jesse on the same page he um. He voiced uh, Vigo in Ghostbusters 2. Von Sydow did? Yeah. Max nice. Von Sydow. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull my override because none of the, like, I like, I like Max. Um, it's just not. I, was, I thought I argued so well. You tried. You tried really hard. Um, but I wrote down this name and oh I God, could not. I'm so scared now. I could not think of anything better than oh, Morgan God. Freeman. You get here's the thing. Here's here's the only my only concern with Morgan Freeman at this age is that he's forty six and not fifty six. Carefully, he's it's yeah. only age. Mm-hmm. Forty six. He's in his forties now. Does the question is how old does he look at forty six? Because we all know Morgan Freeman as a grandpa from the second we've ever known him. Pretty much. Right. Like, I think the earliest thing that I can recall 
in terms of his actual timeline is probably Shawshank. And at that point, he's middle aged, I would say it comes off that way. And he probably is. he's in his 50s at that point. So that is obviously makeup costume. Sure. Yeah. But that's my only concern is that we don't get that full the full Morgan Freeman that we picture in our head a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, you're not so. getting, like, white-haired Morgan Freeman that we know, but, like, he's yeah. always looked like he's been through stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's always had these, like, deep forehead wrinkles and, yeah. like, um, not really crow's feet, but, like, little baggy under the eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, he looks, even though he's not, like, terribly aged, he's mm-hmm. always looked like he is older older and like experienced and like he's been through stuff as well like his voice is iconic he gives you that um warmness that you were talking about nick like he is Mm -hmm. very caring in everything that we've seen him in or most of the things we've seen him in he literally plays god uh and that's like a big meme that like we all know about him and so like for him to play a very old wise wizard who is very loving to like essentially what is like the underlying like, human it's never late master baggins he arrives just as he plans to exactly like you think you hear that and you see how he would do that and mm-hmm. i don't think there's anything for me that would play mm-hmm. better than that at this point is he i mean as an actor just in his own timeline yeah is he what when is his first big break is it shawshank is like that his first notable film or Driving Miss Daisy maybe in the Driving late 80s? Miss Daisy Driving Miss Daisy is 89. So it's just like a few yeah. years after yes. this. Okay. So um, this would kind of be giving him a big role, a big boost before he becomes a, a household name. So Yeah, it would be like jump starting some stuff, but like he's done mm-hmm. he's done stuff in he's the been like in late night late yeah. 70s and like mm-hmm. early 80s. But yeah. like this he was would in the electric be company. his biggest thing. Yeah, I'm going to pull my override here. It's going to be Morgan Freeman. I'm not going to fight you on it because as soon as you said it, I yeah. fell in love with it. I was like, all right, that's, yeah. that's good. No, I, I, I like it a lot. Thank you. Personally. Um, and I brought a guy that was younger, so I'm not, I don't really have that much of uh, an argument yeah. on the age. No. The, guy I was good, the other guy I thought of was Michael Caine. And I don't know. There's just nice. something I didn't like about it with Gandalf. I thought of I thought of him, and it just didn't it didn't seem right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, eh. yeah, it's just not perfect. Because most of the other act character, the other actors of this age and time, yeah, they just didn't feel right, or they'd already done this. Like, yeah. you could have just said Sir Al Guinness, mm-hmm. but he's Obi Wan Kenobi. So that is our cast in 1985. So Tanner, read off that cast. You got it. We're going to start with Treebeard, uh, Thurl Ravencroft. We're going to have Kurt Russell play Aemir. And as Wormtongue, we're going to have Mark Hamill. King Theoden, we're going to have Sir Ben Kingsley. Saruman is going to be played by Jeremy Irons. Miraculously, Mary will be played by Judd Nelson. Legolas will be played by a young, bright-eyed Keanu Reeves, and Gandalf will be played by the one and only Morgan Freeman. The trilogy's starting to look better. That's a pretty good cast. Like, just in a strong standalone, that's a pretty good cast. And then 
if you bring in the fellowship, it's starting to look pretty good here. We're shaping up. We're yeah. shaping up. Again. We're only two thirds of the way there, guys. And then I think you have to kind of like start looking at how it's taking shape too. Like right now we have three hobbits. And so Judd Nelson and Michael J. Fox Matthew Broderick, are Marion Pippen. They're paired Fox. up yeah. um, a lot. Um, and then Keanu now and we're, we're going to have Keanu Reeves and Rip Torn playing <laughs> off each other. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> that is really so fun. You're, you're starting to see a better picture and it's a lot yeah. of fun. And so. And yeah. and also okay. just Morgan Freeman with, with Frodo and Morgan Freeman with uh, Pippin, Michael J. Fox, especially the next movie will be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm very excited about this. Right. This turned out really good. All right. Well, that was uh, that was the Two Towers as casted in 1985. Um, so next episode, um, it's my pick. I'm killing this. We're not doing Return of the King. We're doing Con Air <laughs> in 1970. Whoa! whoa. This is no, over. No, 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 no. This is dumb. We didn't agree on this. <laughs> um. Oh. Okay, okay. We'll be doing Return of the King in 1986. And so if we haven't done your favorite character yet, chances are they're showing up in that third installment. So please tune in next time. Again, follow us on the social media machines. Come play with us on Instagram. And then uh, please, five stars on Apple so other people learn about us um, and uh, and listen and, and enjoy and all the fun, the recasting fun. Um, So tune in next week. Say goodbye, Nick. Goodbye, Nick.